Hi, welcome to another Writers After Dark. We're here because good stories start with the writers, since wherever there's a story, someone's either making it up or writing it down. And my guest today is Kay Vioso, the creator of a new epic fantasy, The Bitch Queen. (laughs) (laughs) The Bitch Queen Chronicles, or rather, The Chronicles of the Bitch Queen, book one, The Wolf of Oranyaro, and... I love epic fantasies that are set in a a locale that we as avid readers of fantasy and science fiction haven't been repeatedly exposed to. And the mythology and the badassery <laughs> of of the characters, especially our queen, uh Talien, is uh, it's a delightful read, and I'm not finished the book, so I'm not going to spoil anything or spoil myself, but I want to find out more about this world and these characters, so welcome, Kay. Thank you for having me. <laughs> like I said, I love reading stories in uh, mythologies, you know, based in folklore and tales from all over the world. I, from an early age... I became fascinated with the Greek myths, the Roman myths, the Norse myths, and then I expanded beyond that into Egypt and Russia and China and Japan and Africa, and I, I later found Australia. But the the myths that you have been inspired to tell this tale come from the Philippines, and I don't think I've ever read any collections of Filipino myths. So thank you for this. <laughs> tell us tell us where where this story came from. What what spurred you to go, okay, I'm telling the story now. Well I I've been writing in this world for a few years now, like well over ten years. And so this is actually like I I already wrote a series before this. And there was a character there who basically, it's Stallion's father. And he had like a subplot in the, in the series as a, like a secondary antagonist. And like, I also wanted to write about a strong female character. And I thought that like his, he would be perfect. Like, like the, that, that story would be perfect for her. Because it just, like, it provided the challenges that, like, the, that I think she would be able to overcome. Like having a, like having a background where her dad is, like, almost like this tyrant. While now you're you're like reading this from the point of view of somebody who's the hero of the story, but her background isn't quite, like. <laughs> like the typical background <laughs> yeah the the yeah. Uh, i think the way you describe the premise is like she's the daughter of the most hated man in the land but yes. she's going to do whatever she can to protect her land and her people because she she is she's she loves her people she loves her her country her world and even if they hate her from because of where she came from, yeah. she is still going to defend them as best she can, as brutally as she can. Yeah. 
<laughs> that that sort of that sort of uh presentation is usually reserved for like the the good king's evil son or something where the ferocity of her devotion to her people and how that drives her to overcome shall we say uh later interpersonal entanglement yes <laughs> that that uh that that approach is it's not unique, but it's rare. What led you to to bring her along that way? Uh, yeah, like partly it's just that I wanted to do my own take on the strong female character. Like, like part of Talion's strength is not so much just the fighting and the badassness, but like her resilience, like the the inner strength is also there. And, like, a lot of it is inspired by growing up in Filipino culture. This is kind of how our women is, like, the, like a lot of the challenges she has is a lot of challenges that I've seen around me with Filipino women and how we are, like, expected to deal with the challenges, which is pretty much suck it up. Were there were there any particular influences on uh, your world building and your characters, like specific people, specific events, uh, specific landscapes that you remember or were inspired by? Uh, it's a lot of things, actually. Like uh, Italian city, which is Orinjaro. The the environment is based on northern Philippines, which is the Benguet area, which has a lot of rice terraces and all that stuff, but like the 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 country where she like where Italian the Italian rules is also partly based on Canadian <laughs> geography because it, that I I wanted to add like mountains and stuff just just to, for her to like for the characters to travel through at some point. <laughs> Was there a, a particular uh, myth or historical event that inspired the the design of the, well, for lack of a better word, the the quest slash adventure that Talion ends up on? Uh, not specifically. Like it's it's a hero's journey. And it, but like the the unique way is just that I, I interpreted it from a woman's point of view. Okay, what yeah. uh, what what was your for you the the most fun or the most challenging part of putting the pieces together to tell the story you wanted to tell? Uh. It's the, the the biggest thing is just writing from a from a woman's perspective in this situation. There's a lot of like little intricacies or like nuances that's like you know how stuff that like if this was a male character like a hero's journey male character, there's some stuff that might not even be a problem. Mm-hmm. 
but <laughs> her being in that same situation it's suddenly a problem. I don't want to spoil people, but there's there's some stuff there that yeah. near the end that's like that, <laughs> where like being like having the table flipped, she has more challenges that seems to be like she's judged more for certain things because she's a woman, whereas yeah. a guy wouldn't even think twice about it, right? Yeah, and and people wouldn't care. <laughs> Was that? Uh... Something you paid special attention to, like how to make her a uh, just have it be a real woman facing these challenges and not just a woman acting like a guy. Well, being a woman myself is just mm -hmm. more or less like using experiences I've had or like experiences my mom had or that I've heard from the women around me. Like, I I wrote her as a character. It's not so much that, you know, you wrote her as a checklist or or something. She, I wrote her as a character, and it turns out that just being a woman, there's all these things that are important to her as a character that provided extra challenges. <laughs> <laughs> did, uh, when, during the writing process, like, did you go back through, like a like, a second or a third draft and go, oh, man, how did I miss that? Oh yeah, I do a lot of drafts with my books. I do the the first draft pretty fast, and then the second and third drafts it takes a while. <laughs> <laughs> so what uh, what have you been so far uh, hearing from fans' reactions, impressions about the story? There's a there's a. The the biggest thing is her bad life decision, <laughs> which makes me laugh. <laughs> because like part of it is being raised as a like like being raised to be queen. She's an only child. She's she's a little bit uh spoiled. <laughs> so she she has this tendency to be uh, impulsive. <laughs> And she does stuff, and people sit back and go, "Oh no, honey, please, no." Yeah, yes. <laughs> I like. I, I'm writing this. I, I'm mostly like a pantser when I write, and and I'm writing this, and she does something that is not in the plan, and it's like, no, <laughs> I'm gonna have to fix this. <laughs> did you Did you have a lot of fun putting in those? Uh, shall we say? Character flaws. <laughs> oh, it, it was it was both fun and really frustrating. How so? Like I've written a lot of characters, and she just—it's like she takes the reins. <laughs> <laughs> so she's forcing you to make to write the bad decisions for yeah, her. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's. And awesome. it's almost like oh, she she could do this, and it makes sense. And if she was logical, she would do this, but she's not. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah. That 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 knows you have a real character. Let you know you yeah. have a real character because even in your head she's doing her own thing. She's like, "No, no, no. We're this over here." You're like, "No, we have to no. -uh. We're going over yeah. here." <laughs> <laughs> so, did uh did the writing of this story and its sequel uh did you approach writing these any differently? 
from how you had done your previous stories? Was there something you wanted to try to do differently? That Was there less outlining, more outlining? Because you said you're a pantser. And eventually the pantsing process, you have to go, okay, I have to look at this other part here better. So, like, in the beginning, I do outline, but I don't follow the outline. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I outline just so I have, I'm like, okay, I know, this is where the story's supposed to go. And then I try writing it out, and it looks nothing like the outline. <laughs> so I then try, like, I then try to go back and try to re-outline. So it's like a overlap where I'm trying to outline it, and the story keeps trying to do its own thing. And... I think the biggest difference is now that, like, now I've accepted it, that it looks like that. So by the end of the first draft, I'm okay with going back and doing major, major revisions. <laughs> it sounds like yeah. you have a group of friends on a road trip. They look at the map and go, okay, we got to go from here. We, we're going here. And then they put the map away and don't look at the map and go, are we still on the same road? I don't know. Let me. <laughs> I've, I've had those road trips. <laughs> Yeah, where your friends are like, you're like, oh, we got to gas up here. And your friends are like, no, it's okay. <laughs> but the next gas station is 200,000 kilometers away. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Like, we'll make it. We'll make it. The car's good. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So is there, is there something, how many, how many books are going to be in this, this chronicle? Uh, just three. Just the three. Just the three. Yeah. So the second one is supposed, what's it, the Ikesar Falcon? Is that correct? Yes. yes. And you said that's coming out this fall? Yeah. Okay, cool. And Where... book, three, book three is coming out next year, spring. Awesome. So it's <laughs> actually, that's actually a compressed schedule. So we will actually get to, relatively speaking, binge the whole story. Yes. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Have you uh, have you been out to any uh, tours or signings yet? Uh, nope. Are there any plans to? <laughs> uh, I think we have a signing here in Vancouver in May. Just in a in a uh, books bookshop, just like an indie bookstore, but no no tours. <laughs> <laughs> what what would you like? fans and readers to get out of this story, out of Talion's story, out of this, this particular saga? Uh, I think, like, just just her story, really. Like, just pay attention to the... to what she was going through and what she learns along the way. Like, her journey. Be people take very different things from it. It's there's There's readers who just enjoy the like the adventure and the action, and that's fine. But there's a lot of readers who also seem to really connect with her struggles. Cool. Now, you had said that her father started out as an ancillary character in a previous set of stories. Do you have any plans on doing any short stories or novellas, spin-offs of any of the characters in this story or tell any side stories of Talians in different media? Oh, yeah, like I I already wrote at least one short story in this world and or or sorry, in her timeline. 
but yeah, like like the different characters, different storylines. It's, it's I kind of approach writing this as if there's this big thing happening, but we only see it from her point of view. So it, it's it's definitely like a, a series that could just keep getting bigger and bigger. Because <laughs> there's lots of other stuff happening in other parts yeah. of the world, and those stories yes. are could affect what she has to do later. Yes. It's possible, right? Yeah. So as a as a writer, it's it's kind of important that you also read, uh, just just to replenish the words in your in your in your heart and your brain. What types of stories do you sit back and enjoy? Honestly, I I would read anything. <laughs> like at least maybe fifty percent of my book bookshelf is like epic fantasy and. A lot of the classics, a lot of newer ones, but I'm not picky with genre or whatever. Like if it's good, I'll pick it up. <laughs> so you could uh, just as easily read uh, a detective mystery and then go back and do like space opera, and then after that, epic fantasy. Yeah, yeah, I have a whole <laughs> shelf of uh, thrillers and sci-fi. Like Michael Christian and stuff. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Are there any any authors whose work particularly hooked you? Like it's like you know something comes out from that person, you're like, okay, I have to go get that now. Yeah, uh, Robin Hobb is one of those. Nice, nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think like I, I have one whole shelf of just her books. <laughs> <laughs> have you met her yet? I'm a baby writer. <laughs> oh, hey, you yeah. could have gone to a a writing convention where where she was at. You know, you never know. Uh, I've never actually gone anywhere. I am a hermit. Oh no. Yeah, this is all new to me. Well, hopefully you're having fun with it or starting to have fun with it. Yeah. You need to go to a world fantasy one day. I went. I went to the world fantasy for like six or seven years in a row for a while. It was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, I, I I'd like to go to the one next. Is it next year? The one in DC. Yes, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. So, what else are you working on? Are you just focusing on the uh, the third book in the Bitch Queen's Tale? Oh, that one's been submitted. So, oh, cool. <laughs> I'm I'm working on a new project. Not sure how I'm how much I'm supposed to talk about it, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, is it another fantasy epic? Yeah. Is it set in the same world? Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we won't we won't pry any deeper just in case uh, the publisher gets a little annoyed. So we don't want to do that to you. But where where can people find you online to sort of keep up with what you're doing in uh, in terms of tours and new books? Twitter is probably the best. Like it, it's where I'm mostly active. But I, I also post stuff on my website, which is www.ksvilioso.com. And is that where people can find your Twitter handle? Yes. Cool. We'll have links to all of those and to the Wolf of Oranyaro. This is, like I said, I'm having a lot of fun with this book so far, and I. 
you have no idea how happy you made me when you told me that the the, the second book will be out in the fall. I don't have to wait a full year yeah. for it. It's like, it, I'm oh, not, okay. I'm not making people wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's fun that you want people to read the stories as fast as you're writing them because it sounds like you are enjoying the adventure of writing these as much yeah. as uh, some of us are reading them. Oh, yes. It, it's like I'm having the adventure first and exploring the <laughs> the world. <laughs> cool. Uh, is there anything else uh, you're working on that you can tell, that you can talk about? Uh, no, just mostly like promotion stuff for... For the bitch queen. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, Kay, thank you so much for for sharing your your insight and your your love of these characters with us today. Thank you for having me here. The book is The Wolf of Orin Yarrow, the Chronicles of the Bitch Queen, Book One, and uh, Kay Biosa is the author. We will have links to her uh, website and Twitter handle again. Thank you so much, Kay. Thank you. Escape Pod is your destination for the best in modern short science fiction. Our intrepid crew of editors and hosts will bring you fun, thought-provoking, in-flight entertainment every week as the pod careens around the multiverse. In the mood for a classic, we've got Anson Mount, also known as Captain Christopher Pike, reading Theodore Sturgeon. Want something a little more up-to-date? Jennifer R. Donahue's Surveillance Fatigue has you covered in every sense. From classic space opera to intimate character drama, from heroic alien pets waiting for their families, to herds of literal Einsteins and the benevolent conspiracy they're hatching, Escape Pod has it all at escapepod.org. So buckle up, because it's story time. And for the record, this interview was recorded weeks before most places in North America began shutting down. So no fear. Kay hopefully is sheltering in place with the rest of us. This story is a lot of fun. You should go check it out. If you want a different a different take on the the fantasy that was popular in the 80s and 90s. We are slowly getting a taste of people writing fantasy, space opera, horror, which is rooted in the myths and legends and urban legends and scary stories of their own cultures. And I think that does everybody a service because we get to see a a broader world of imaginations, a deeper world of monsters. And the more stories we have, the better. I've I've always felt that. That's one reason why I dig into the books and the comic books here and the movies and TV shows over on Slice of Sci-Fi. I love stories. 
And when you go through as many as I do, you kind of get bored when they start looking and sounding and reading all the same. So yeah, I'm all for it. What kind of stories do you look forward to? What kind of stories do you want to read that you haven't found yet? Call in. Ask the questions. Tell the story. The number to call is 602-635-6976. Or you can shoot me an email, summer at writersafterdark.com. You can listen to Writers After Dark on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Google Play and Player FM. And you can also follow us on Twitter at write, W-R-I-T-E, After Dark. And of course, there's the website, writersafterdark.com, where you can indulge in interviews I've done with other authors and check out some of the book reviews and audiobook reviews that we have done as well. I'd like to thank everyone who's currently supporting Writers After Dark and all of the podcasts in the Slice of Sci-Fi Playground. All of your pledges and donations go to help keeping all of this online. Slice of Sci-Fi, Writers After Dark, Babylon Podcast, Charlie Jade. I'm even redoing the Dragon Page archives and the archives for a different point of view are also still out there for you to enjoy. If you can help support, the place to go is patreon.com slash slice of sci-fi. Or if a small donation now and then is more in line with what you're able to do, the link to use is paypal.me slash sci-fi summer. And again, thank you to everyone who is currently supporting. And thank you in advance to everyone who chooses to throw a couple bucks over here when they can. I'd like to thank Cybin Quest and Shay Dawn for the theme music for this show. If you want to hear more recordings by them, collaborations and individual, those links are on the website here. But that will do it for this episode. Thank you for listening. See you next time. And remember, keep looking for your own stories. <laughs>